Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Hey, it's been a while. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking uh, District 3 athletics week in, week out, most weeks in, most weeks out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. We are joined by our District 3 expert, Logan Green. Logan, what's going on? How have things been? Uh, good, Brandon. You know, I was talking to somebody at state basketball right at the end, just somebody in the stands there, and they're like, oh, I'm sure you guys have been busy the last couple of weeks. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be a fan for the next uh, couple of weeks, right? <laughs> a sports fan. Um, so, you know, it's funny. I, the, the NCAA tournament, we talked about this. This is like my favorite thing ever. And then I got strep throat and I couldn't even enjoy it. So like, what, what a, what a drag, but, uh, but yeah, it's been a fun couple of weeks just to kind of absorb things that have gone on around in, in other sports, which is always fun because it's, it's been crazy, at least here in the treasure Valley, like people try to play baseball, but they can't like my son's team, like he gets his practices moved. They move him up, they move him back, they cancel them because it just won't stop raining. And so uh, it, it's just been a, a kind of a weird spring so far even here in the treasure valley it's always seems like it's an issue over there right in eastern idaho but even over here it's been i saw some stat that we haven't had a 60 degree day and it's the longest that the treasure valley has gone without peaking 60 it just hasn't it hasn't been nice over here either so <laughs> just uh it's been a drag all the way around yeah you mentioned uh being sick during march madness and uh quick tangent and then we'll circle back to Idaho's athletics. But uh, during the pandemic, right, that happened right at the start yeah. of March Madness in 2020 and they canceled the tournament. So so March Madness is always a popular time of year for gentlemen to go in and get a procedure done, right? The vasectomy, yes. which is yes. basically where you stop producing kids um, because they say, you know, you need a couple of days to, of bed rest to recover from that. And um, I can confirm <laughs> <laughs> there's and there's no better time than March Madness because then you can just watch basketball all day, especially in the opening rounds. Well, there was a lot of gentlemen that got the procedure done in 2020. Oh no! And then, and then, and then they weren't even able on. to. Enjoy, yeah, they weren't even able to enjoy March Madness. So that was wild. I was I I worked at HP then, and like uh, it was the, the way it was set up. There was a couple of us like we were watching one of the games. Where I was watching ACC tournament because of course I was, and uh, they like stopped one of the games at halftime, and then they just gave Florida State the trophy. Yeah, like. It was it. They just said, all right, here it is. It was, you know, nobody, it's crazy to look back at all the stuff that we did or we were told to do right. And, and was, was done to, to sports. And I mean, nobody in Idaho suffered more than the spring sports. Right. I mean, really that they, they had the worst go of it all um, in terms of that. And really just still trying to, kind of I feel like trying to recoup there's still athletes that are playing baseball right now that missed an entire season uh, of their their four years of, of high school sports whether it's baseball or softball yeah it was a really a bum bum deal uh, I was on a cruise ship on my honeymoon the week that March Madness got canceled and all the NBA games got canceled so we're like man are we even going to be able to like dock Get are, we, are we going to be stuck at sea you're, like, you're a life you're you're a life at sea now Brandon yeah, adrift at sea. Uh, and then it worked out pretty well because it, it was basically the week after 
state basketball had taken place in Idaho. Um, I know this because Montana always runs a week later than Idaho in terms of the seasons. And Montana had gotten to their semifinals of boys and girls state basketball when they basically said, hey, we're done. Uh, The semifinal teams are going to share the championship and uh, the, the, the teams that had qualified for the championship. So they had played Friday semifinals and then Saturdays got wiped out. And so all those teams got robbed of the chance to play for the championship in Montana. <clears throat> and, and kind of same thing happened to the college of Idaho, right? They had made it to the, that national portion of the bracket and they got sent home with a team that could have won it all. And I guess we should start there and say, congratulations yeah. to the Yotes. Uh, national champs. They went on a roll. They lost their first game of the season and then won the rest of their games the rest of the way out. Um, and excite. I did watch that the national championship. A one point. They were winning by twenty in that second half, and um, it kind of kind of closed up. But uh, you know, they're able to get it done. A lot of great Idaho players on that team. I mean, you've got Jake O'Neill uh, from Fruitland, a, a great ball player there. You've got Johnny Radford, the leading scorers from Wood River. Uh, Stratton Rogers from Rocky Mountain. It's a lot of good Idaho athletes on that team that uh, Paul Wilson from Idaho Falls go on and win a national championship. So congrats to the Yotes, Coach Blaine, everybody there um, at the College of Idaho for getting it done. Congrats to the Yotes. And isn't former Middleton Viking? Yeah, Tyler Robinette. Robinette. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention Tyler Robinette yeah. on that team. He knocked down a couple of threes in the beginning of that national championship game. And, uh, you know, he had a great season for the Oats and, uh, you know, they, they, they were really fun to watch this year. Just a great basketball team. Just, uh, so congrats to them for making it all the way and winning the national championship, bringing one home to Idaho. Yeah. We're pretty lucky The the non-division one schools in Idaho college of Idaho, Very good. you, you talked about only lost once in the regular season, both North Idaho college in Coeur d'Alene and the college of Southern Idaho and twin falls went undefeated in their respective regular seasons. Um, now, of course, they didn't get all the way to the championship like uh, CFI did, but um, non-division one basketball yeah. in Idaho this year, exceptional at the college level. And I, I mean, I saw a lot of the Yotes during the season, and I, I, I thought that was a team that they could have hung with somebody higher than an NAIA level. Like I just, I mean, they they played teams right. Transit. I always talk about the transitive property, right? And it's so real. It's one hundred percent legit, right? It is. Um, where, you know, they played teams that had played some D1 schools during the year and the D1 school maybe beat them by 15 to 20 and then college of Idaho beat them by 40. And so I'm always like, man, did, could they have, could they have hung with them? Could they have, you know, ah, you know, could they have beaten them? I don't know, but, um, it's fun to, it's fun to think about. Right. But yeah, congrats to them. And then like you mentioned, CSI and NIC, and, you know, I think that goes back to the high school basketball as well. That That's, And I heard somebody talk about this somewhere, whether it's Twitter or whatever. But is there a has there been a better time for Idaho high school basketball in terms of the athletes that are being produced out of the state? Right. Um, I, I don't I don't think so, to be honest, like they're like so many good athletes, uh, boys and girls side playing high level division one basketball, not just, um, you know, playing somewhere. And, and I shouldn't even say that, but like the NAIA, like look at those guys for the Yotes, right? Like that, that's not a, that was really good basketball. And you've got a lot of guys from Idaho on that team that are leading the charge. There's a couple guys from Montana mixed in there as well as Washington and stuff. But uh, you know, the core of those 
guys are from Idaho. Um, and, you know, just think Idaho's got some really good basketball right now as we kind of turn the page on basketball. But looking back and say what was um, just just really good basketball right now. Yeah, we're going to look back at hoops one more time and then we'll turn the page and get into spring. You know, we, we took two weeks off. Basically, we took a week off because it was the end of the winter sports season. And then I didn't realize that it was spring break the following week and everyone was going to be busy with stuff. So uh, we took a little two week hiatus, but we're back. We'll be back every week through the spring sports season. And if there's a team, a topic, a sport, an athlete you want us to talk about specifically in the spring sports season, yeah. drop us a line. Brandon at IdahoSports.com. Logan at idahosports.com and we would love to talk about it because we're just not going to get to everything every single week so um okay basketball the 20th annual idaho statewide all-star basketball games took place at nic in Coeur d'Alene uh this past weekend two really entertaining games on the girls side so it's team metro which is basically district three versus team region which is every other district <laughs> across the state of idaho mm -hmm. Uh, the Metro girls won 84 to 80 tight game. They had a big lead and then team region slapped on the press and kind of got back into it. Um, and then on the boys side, team region defeated team Metro by one, one sixteen to one fifteen. Uh, Jaden Morin Bishop of Payette had a good look at a three that would have given them the lead with about a minute left. AJ LeBeau of Timberline had a tough shot underneath with about 20 seconds to go that again would have given Metro the lead. Um, but they the Metro boys fall just short. It was it was good competition. AJ LeBeau from Timberline, the future Washington State uh, Cougar, played really well for Team Metro. You had in the three-point shootout um, on the boys' side, it had to go to a shoot-off. So basically, it's the top boy versus the top girl. Well, we had to figure out who the top boy was. Joe Barron of Bishop Kelly and Eddie Rodriguez of Fruitland had to go head-to-head -to, -head to, to settle the tiebreaker. Joe Barron won, and then he ended up winning the overall three-point shootout contest as well. So congratulations to, to Joe Barron uh, from Bishop Kelly for his accomplishments there. Um, and Eddie Rodriguez, man, I – he was the the best player that I didn't know about when I doing state basketball. And you can ask Lance too. We were, we were like, who is this kid? Where'd he come from? This kid is fun to watch. And that is a, I know he didn't win it, but man, what a fun basketball player. Eddie Rodriguez is. I'm disappointed. I didn't get more of that in my time at Idaho sports. I'm like, man, I, I missed that. I, it's always, it's hard to look back and say, man, that guy's a senior. And I, I missed covering more of it or seeing more of it. And, uh, uh, you know, that's always the, 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 the sucky part, right. Of the end of the season is you see players that maybe you hadn't seen too much of or covered for too long or whatever, and they are fun. And then they're, they're gone just like that. But you know, there'll be another group that comes in behind them. That'll also have great things to offer, but, uh, a lot of great basketball players in that all state. Uh, championship game this weekend yeah Blake Buchanan of Lake City won the dunk contest team Metro had two dunk contest competitors LeBeau the seven foot one center of course and Max Myers from Cole Valley Christian and Myers actually finished with a higher overall score than LeBeau did Myers threw down a pretty sick windmill uh, dunk that got him a 49 out of 50 uh, one one judge was stingy on on the uh, scorecard it may <laughs> have been it may have been our boss, Paul Kingsbury. He was a judge for the for the dunk contest. So not good enough. I could do better. <laughs> right. And that it is funny when you see dunk contests, like, you know what, that wasn't that great. I know I can't dunk and I could never get up there, but that just wasn't uh 
that wasn't all up to up to my standards. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, and, and then uh, the team Metro girls won eighty four to eighty. Addie Heiler of Bishop Kelly was named the MVP of the girls contest. Uh, she finished with 17 points. 12 of those came on three-point shots. She made four threes, banked in a three even. So Addie Heiler of uh, Bishop Kelly taking home a little extra hardware from the uh, statewide All-Star game as well. Congratulations to her. Yeah, just a great performance for everybody. A, a fun event from what I heard <laughs> from everybody up there. And, uh, you know, lo- just a lot of good athletes that uh, – that, like we've said, kind of turning the page and uh, it's sad to see them go, but we're, we're lucky to have been able to cover them for the time that they were there. You know, um, I think back like Blake Buchanan, for instance, not treasure Valley player, but I remember seeing him and as a sophomore making a run to the state championship against Meridian. And now as a senior, he gets that revenge and defeats them there in the state championship. And so those are the kind of things you see over the years, right. Uh, of covering players, um, and seeing how they grow and how they get better and then how they ride off into the sunset, so to say, onto their next big and uh, exciting thing. For sure. And then we'll, we'll wrap up with just a couple of quick Melba notes because there were so many Melba representatives there. Um, after the banquet, I had a, a gentleman come up and talk to me. Hey, thanks a lot for everything you do. And I said, yeah, that's great. Hey, who, who are you here uh, watching today? He said, yeah, my boy is, uh, is uh, Dave Lenz. The, uh, the coach, the girls coach. Oh, from got it. So I got to talk to coach Lenz's dad for a little bit. Um, and that was great. And then we did, we did some like live interviews uh, with, with each coach from each all-star team as the game was like progressing, you know, cause it's an all-star game. It's a little more relaxed. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, Paul Kingsbury went over to Spencer Trappett, the Melba boys coach. And he goes, Oh no, the last time I talked to you before a game, we lost. It was uh, in the championship <laughs> game. Paul, Paul Kingsbury had gone over to do the pregame interview for the two, a championship in Melba, of course, lost to bear Lake. So he's like, uh-uh, I'm not talking to you. No way. We're not doing this. Yeah. It was uh, all and uh, fun, of course, but um, so yeah, uh, it was great to see all of the representatives there at the 20th annual uh, Idaho statewide all-star basketball games. While that was going on, there was a lot of spring break uh, tournament action in baseball and softball. Uh, two weeks ago, you had Fruitland host their annual, uh, Fruitland Baseball hosted their annual Bill Betts tournament. Uh, you had Sugar Salem, Firth, some teams from East Idaho came over to compete, did really well. Of course, the big tournaments, the week of spring break are always the win the pitch uh, spring break classic, which is a softball tournament that's hosted by four or five different schools. And then you've got uh, in, in the Treasure Valley, you had Rocky Mountain and Mountain View kind of hosted a spring break, kind of a 5A only spring break tournament but then of course bucks bags right bucks bags brings like close to 30 teams from all mm-hmm. over idaho and even you know oregon reynolds high came over to play in it and that's hosted by again six or seven different schools so it's really cool to see everybody kind of band together in the treasure valley for these spring break tournaments every year yeah and you know you look at what happened there's a lot of uh, big games in these tournaments i mean if we kind of start you, we could jump around wherever you want, but the first tournament, right? You mentioned the the Bill Betts kind of the week before that over in Fruitland, um, and and Fruitland, you know, I thought that they played pretty well, right? They they had a win over Timberlake, North, uh, New Plymouth, and Lagrand, um, but then also sprinkled in there uh, wins also against um, or a tie, I guess I should say, against Sugar Salem, right? So the three A tournament last year, I mean, you and I were both there for that one. It was everybody else in Marsh Valley, right? There, there was, or Marsh Valley and everybody else. They just 
ran through everybody. I think did they not mercy rule everybody that they played or it was Clark. I think the last game they're like, Hey, they, they didn't mercy rule us. But uh, anyway, sugar and fruit and fruitland were two teams that the last two teams to play marsh valley um and and played decently against them and fruitland was super young last year and so to see those two teams tie you know that are those now the next two teams to maybe make their run right at 3a baseball to to maybe take on a to take on a uh a marsh valley um to be able to compete then those two teams Played neck and neck, obviously tied. Nobody won the game. Um, so, but, but, you know, Fruitland played well. And so far in the year, you know, they're trying to make a run. They played for a state championship last year, right? With all those freshmen uh, out there. And it, really, the only loss this year was they played in the Bucks bags, and their only loss was to a 5A school. <laughs> and that's it. You know, they knocked out um, 3A South Fremont, and they knocked out 4A Jerome. So I, you look at them right now and say, hey, uh, they're they're kind of they're kind of gelling on all on all fronts right now. The Fruitland baseball team is. Yeah, and we talked. You talked about Sugar Salem and how they got to state last year. South Fremont actually won the regular season conference title, so South Fremont's a good a good team program. Yep. So that's yeah, good wins for Fruitland there for sure. Um, and then and then you also had a couple of teams travel out of state. You had there was a the Treasure Valley Community College TBCC uh, tournament that was hosted by Nissa High School over in Oregon, and you had um, you had a couple of uh, Idaho schools go over and, and compete in that. And then you also have it, it's still going on this like ten day tournament down <laughs> in Phoenix, Arizona that's hosted by like twelve different schools. It's called the Coach Bob Invitational. I have no idea who Coach Bob is. He's He's important he's a, enough. He's a to great have a guy, apparently. Yeah, um, but Mountain View, or excuse me, uh, Mountain View went down there last year and competed in it. Bishop Kelly went down this year uh, and played some really good schools from California and Arizona. And the tournament is so big. Everybody goes down and plays four games. So Bishop Kelly went at the end of last week to play their games. And then the tournament is still going because it's so big. Parma is actually down there playing right now as we speak. Uh, they have one game left. Uh, it's actually going on right now, Logan, as we're recording this. Um, so, But Parma went down and they're playing four teams from Oregon um, at this Coach Bob Invitational in Phoenix. Naturally, right? You travel south for... 18 hours to play a team that might be a trip over the blues away at worst. Right. 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 <laughs> kind of ironic, but get, I mean, good competition uh, for these teams. And, and that to me says, okay, Bishop Kelly and Parma think that they're going to be pretty good this year because you, you only go to a tournament like that. If you are, if you're convinced, Hey, we got a pretty good squad and this is going to challenge right. us and make us better. So, um, it'll be fun to, to keep an eye on both of those teams as the season progresses. I thought we would just kind of take a snapshot and look at the early standings and how things are looking. By the way, we have spring sports previews for track and field, baseball, and softball. It's all on our homepage at idahosports.com. We went around the entire state, classification by classification, and all three of those sports told you teams to keep an eye on, players, athletes to keep an eye on. Um, so if you haven't seen those yet, uh, and you want to sound smart in front of your friends, <laughs> you can check out all of those previews um, at idahosports.com. But let's let's start in let's start in softball um, because I feel like there's been some really impressive softball individual performances, especially at the five A level to start. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at the the standings though in five A, right? And you have these. I'm um, these are teams that have one or no losses: Cuna, Bora, Eagle, uh, Middleton, Hawaii, Rocky Mountain, and then also Mountain View with two and Capital with two. That's like two thirds of the conference, right? Has been just slaying their way through their non-conference schedule, right? Just just running rampant. And, and, you know, Middleton was undefeated until last night when the, they lost to CUNA by a lot. Um, kind of surprising. It, you know, it, Middleton beat Skyview. Skyview beat CUNA. CUNA beats Middleton, right? It's the circle of, of life, right, that, that goes on in, in the SIC, right? It, is, it does. In every sport, you can look at that circle, uh, whether it's the 4A or 5A SIC. Um, but, you know, there's just a lot of great, players i mean we've even got you know a couple of commitments to to high level programs right coming out of the sic um at this level already yeah so the big storyline in 5a softball is like like it was in in volleyball skyview kind of dominated the league last year and uh only lost twice all year once at state um, but they've dropped down to 4A. And so it's kind of opened this void, which 5A team is going to step forward and mm-hmm. grab the mantle from Skyview because they have been the premier softball program the past couple of seasons. We talk about Hawaii last year in their first year of existence, won boys basketball state championship, a baseball state championship. It's easy to forget. They almost won the softball title yeah. too. They got to state and actually beat Skyview <laughs> in the in the first championship game to to set up you know, putting Skyview on their heels a little bit and having to win. And so Hawaii came pretty darn close. So, so you look at that and you go, okay, Hawaii, it's going to be pretty good. They return everybody from last year, but man, I'm telling you, the more I look at this Eagle team and they're the only undefeated team still, they're seven and oh, to, to start the year. Um, They're led by Lizzie Tomasini. Who's a great pitcher, good power bat. She's committed to Idaho state university. She's a senior. And then also junior Haley Oliver, who's committed to Iowa state in the big 12. So you've got an Idaho state and an Iowa state player anchoring that lineup. They're both in again, early season stats, right? These old, these numbers will drop as you get more plate appearances, but both Tomasini and Haley Oliver have each started 12 of 18 at the plate. That's a 667 batting average. And Haley Oliver has already hit seven home runs for Eagle as well in, in seven games. That's a home run per game. Yeah. What did you say? What, 18 at bats and seven of them have ended with the trip around the bases? Yeah. That's almost half of her at bats. She's hitting a home run. It's insane. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you look at other power hitters in the conference. Tomasini's got two home runs. Brylan Field of Cuna's got four home runs. Tyra Price of Capital has hit four home runs. Uh, Hatson Beller from Hawaii he has hit four home runs. But but right on Haley Oliver's heels in the in the home run category, the lead in the five ASIC is Georgia Kreider from Middleton. She's hit six home runs. And and you mentioned it. Middleton took their first loss of the, of the season last night to CUNA. It was a non-conference loss, so it doesn't affect anything in the standings yet. But um, that's the other big storyline is Middleton and Nampa are moving up from 4A. And how can they compete? Middleton's been pretty good in 4A softball the past couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, so far you look at it. Middleton is eight and one. Uh, Nampa is five and six. But it's not like that. E- either one of those teams is as a 
we saw the struggle come in other sports like basketball, right, and, and moving up. Middleton football actually – both the football teams made the state playoffs this year, so really wasn't an issue there. But you look at softball and think, man, I think these two teams can can compete. I mean, Middleton beat Skyview earlier, you know, during that win-the-pitch tournament. They beat them on Saturday 16-11. to 11. Uh, You know, coming in, they, they've – scored double digits multiple times, Ridgeview, Weezer, Valley View, taking them down, Madison, Homedale. Um, but again, they've kind of played a schedule that hasn't been heavy in 5A. So curious to see how that translates to conference play. Again, I'm queuing at a conference opponent, but not a conference game. So we'll see how that translates going forward. Um, but, but I mean, just, just really good play right now. I mean, you talked about Eagle and what they've done so far, right? You look at who they played. Um, they beat Skyview 13 to three. They beat Rocky Mountain 15 to nine. BK 22 to six. Emmett 12-0. They put up 12 against LeGrand, 16 against Madison, 13 against Lewiston. They don't have a game where they've not scored in double figures. Um, they're going to hit. Clear From what we've seen, Eagle is going to hit, and yeah. they're going to score. So if you want to beat them, you're going to have to score too. And that's tough to be able to come out and consistently score double digits um, and keep up with a team like that. It's That's just what I've seen looking at early season results, things like that. They've been very consistent in that, right? Really one close game, 12 to 10, a team that had to hit to keep up, um, but nobody else has been able to hit to keep up. And I think that will be more common than you seeing teams hitting to keep up. I think it's going to be more on the lower side and, if you're Eagle, you say, hey, look, we got something going right now. Yeah, and, and in softball, if you have a really good pitcher that can counteract that, you know, it's really hard to to break through and and uh, and get a win against a really good pitcher. And that's why the last team I'll highlight here, and then we'll move on to, to 4A SIC softball, Bora. I really like Bora, too. They're 6-1. and one. Their only loss came to Gooding at the very end of the – uh, win the pitch tournament fourth game in in three days yeah they have to me i think at least from what i've seen the last couple of years the best pitcher in the conference in megan miracle um of bora she is phenomenal and when you have an ace like that up your sleeve it makes it really hard to so i can't wait for bora to get into the heart of conference play in these power bats in these power lineups to see how to see how megan miracle uh you know navigates these lineups right yeah, I mean, they've done pretty well. Like you said, I mean, it's tough to play. Um, you know, they had played, that was, looking at the schedule, right, they had played Columbia Friday night. They played Ridgeview Saturday morning and still Saturday morning against Gooding. That was their third game in like 12 hours. Like, yeah. that stuff's going to happen, right? That's not a, a typical setup, right? <laughs> um, you're going to have a night to sleep it off, right? Um, and, you know, an entire 24 hours to get back. So, um, yeah, you know, there's just so much going on and and a lot of success early season. Um, we'll have to see how it translates. I mean, you look forward to this week specifically and say, hey, uh, big game of the week this week in 5A softball, Eagle and Hawaii going to play Friday night. And so uh, maybe that'll give us a taste of what we can um, expect going forward. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready for that one. For sure. 5A softball is going to be really good this year, uh, in the treasure Valley. Uh, let's move to 4A, uh, SIC softball, where the storyline is Skyview's coming down. 
They're the defending 5A champions. Bishop Kelly won the 4A championship last year. Uh, I've, I've kind of given them the nickname of the bomb squad because <laughs> Bishop <laughs> Kelly's got so many hitters last year that all, you know, they had like five or six different players hit double digit home runs. And, you know, they bring back some of those players. Harper Campanella behind the plate at catcher might be the best catcher in the state. Um, so, so to me, that's the storyline. It's BK. It's Skyview, these two humongous powers, and they actually met last night in their first conference game of the season. Bishop Kelly won in, as we expected, a slugfest, 17 to 13. It's a football score right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you know, Bishop Kelly so far, I mean, it, let's if we step back and look at the entire standings, Right, nobody in the conference is sitting over 500 right now. Um, just just the way it sits, right? Bishop Kelly is 500, and and everybody else is, is below it. But you look at who Bishop Kelly has played. Like, right, they played. Um, one of their losses is to a team they they played in a tournament down in St. George, right, against a Utah team. They lost to Hawaii by one, and they lost to Eagle. So we just got done talking about how maybe Hawaii and Eagle are the best two teams in 5A. And those are really the only two Idaho teams they've lost to. So I think Bishop Kelly, if you just look at the standings and nothing else, you say you might have some questions there. But I think if you get down into it and, and see how they roll, I mean, beating Skyview like that, I think that was a, a huge indicator, like you mentioned, of, of maybe where they're at. And um, at least they've got the upper leg right now <laughs> winning that game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before the game last night as well, Bishop Kelly and Skyview got together to uh, take a moment of silence, honor. I, I'm sure you've seen in the news, Logan, there was a horrendous another, another in what's a long line of too many school shootings. This one was in Nashville earlier this week at the Covenant School um, where young children were senselessly murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, but both Bishop Kelly and, and Skyview got together. They took softballs and arranged them on the infield uh, with the initials of the victims of this shooting, took a moment of silence before the game, um, you know, spelled out the covenant school, which was the name of the school in Nashville um, on the infield. And so it was nice to see them come together for a moment. And yeah, because we forget about this all the time. This life has got to stop. It do- And it does. Right. And, and I don't know nobody has a hundred percent the right answer on how to fix this. There's a number of things that yeah. need to change. Yeah. It, yeah. But, but I, I just hate it. Like from a, I'm a parent and yeah. I had this conversation with my wife yesterday after this, right. It's like, it's in the back of my mind. Every time I drop my kids off at school, I'm like, what if some nut job comes and this is the last time I say, and it, it, I am sure that every parent out there has had that same thought and it sucks it's like why do i have to do that why why do i have to have this thought when i yeah. drop my kindergartner off at school uh, it, it's it's very frustrating and it's like i don't know this isn't a, a political we could make a political pro- podcast if you want brandon <laughs> but can. that's not the point i don't want to be on anybody's side on anything but it's just like something who knows what it is that it actually is a solution but it's just like people like what is wrong with people today and you know just in general like where that is an answer to something is to go and hurt other people like just yeah Yeah. it's i i think it's two two things we can say here that relate to to sports and school the number one thing is is that every time there's one of these shootings it's somebody that's in 
emotional, mental distress, right? There's some sort of mental health crisis that they are dealing with. And if, if you are out there and this is, is you talk to somebody, please talk to somebody, whether it's a parent, a friend, a teacher, a counselor, a coach, whatever your, your pastor at church, whatever it is, talk to somebody first before you go and commit something that you can't walk back from. And I think that's important. And the other thing that I think is important is I mentioned talk to a coach. There's just a lot of kids that aren't involved in school yeah. activities. And it doesn't have to be sports. It could be art. It could be music. It could be science club, math club, whatever it is. Um, there's there's a big chunk of our youth that go to school, they go home, and they spend five to six hours online playing video games. They're on the computer. And that's an unhealthy place. Like social media, the internet which is ironic because we are an internet company, Uh, but there's, there's a lot of good internet. Yes, we're good. (laughs) We're good internet. There's, there's a lot of garbage out there. And so when you're, when you're spending five to six hours in that world, instead of being a part of a club, being a part of a team, uh, to me, that's a huge, that to me, I've seen the numbers, the participation numbers drastically decrease. And I don't think that's a coincidence that as these, incidents rise. Yeah. Patients going down. And you know, it's funny too, because, um, you see this and I, and one area, right. Cause like you mentioned kids, I'm not bashing video games at all because I do, my kids love their switch. Like we're going to go to the Mario land. Have you seen that? they made a Mario world at universal studio. They're like counting oh. down till we go. So I'm not bad. But like one thing they've kind of done, cause there are people that go home and they'll just do that. Right. And not interact with people is the rise of like, maybe this is a story for another day, but like e-sports, right? Like taking that from being a by yourself at home activity, never speaking to anybody and turning it into a team event. Um, like, gosh, I feel like I read something about mountain homes. They got, they have an e-sports team and they've been playing other schools and stuff yeah. like that. And like, uh, it's kind of cool, like to see what, you know, taking something right. That might have been, like you said, a, a isolated, a thing where you're not interacting and getting that, but now turning it into a camaraderie sporting, you know, it's a sport. Like, you know, it's maybe not a traditional sport, but you have a team, um, you have a goal to win based on doing certain things and you work together and you have a coach and things like that. And so as it has been kind of, I think good to see that evolve. Um, I know people like to bash it and I don't, I just don't understand why I have no idea why people look at that as negative. I think it's positive. I think it's a great to turn that into something that, like I said, might've been an isolated thing into something that is a team um, event. Anytime you're part of a team, a group, and you're working towards a common goal, that's going to make you a better person. And I, to- I totally agree. Yeah. The esports has taken off. I think one of the first schools, at least that I saw to, to have an esports team was actually Lapway. Lapway. Oh, High really? North. Yeah. They've got an esports team up there. And Oh, uh, nice. Like, we, like, we need to make, can we broadcast esports? <laughs> I I swear I I swear it was Mountain Home and they were doing like they were playing somebody in Smash Bros and I'm like I'll, I I want to watch that I want to see I want who's who's using who in Smash Bros but uh, right. I'm a Yoshi guy my kids always tease me for using Yoshi but uh, <laughs> he's the way to go but anyways that's a kind of a tangent but um, yeah I didn't I, realize that Lapway was one of the first ones that's kind of cool for them. 
Yeah. And, and, and at least that I saw, and uh, there could be other schools out there that didn't weren't as public with it or whatever, but yeah, to, to wrap up uh, our conversation here, I didn't mean to get off on a big tangent, but it is important to talk about these things. Yeah. And um, Bishop Kelly and, and Skyview did a great job doing their part to kind of remind everybody that, Hey, at the end of the day, it is, it is just a game. So yeah. Uh, rest of the softball, you know, your, your three, a two, a one, a, there just hasn't been enough action really, you know, some schools, you know, we can talk about 3A. Everyone's gotten in at least, you know, six or seven games. Homedale, Weezer are both 1-0 and in the conference. Um, Homedale is so good every year, they, right? And, and and how fitting, Homedale and Weezer met for the 3A softball championship last year. Um, but Homedale, yeah. I think, heading into this year is, again, kind of the favorite in 3A state softball. Yeah, and, you know, they've done – I if you look at their schedule, I think they've done a really good job at challenging themselves early, right? They have, they're through, they have three lot, they have four losses, right? One's to filer. Okay. That one, it was 21 to 16. Things got out of control there. Sometimes you just, that one's when you throw away the tape and move on. Um, but they lost to Rocky mountain, Middleton and Skyview, all teams that we just got done talking about as the top of four, a and five, a not just in four, a and five, a, but the, the upper echelon of that. And so, Challenging yourselves out of conference, I think, always translates well to the postseason, to conference play, to things like that. So I think Homedale has set themselves up well to to continue on the rest of the way. Definitely. Uh, 2A, New Plymouth is off to a 6-1 and one start. Coach Sam Crockett always does a great job with the Pilgrims out there. Everybody else really hasn't played enough for us to make any sort of judgments. New Plymouth is the only team that's played more than like four games. Um, and then at the 1A level, kind of the same deal. Everybody's gotten off to a very slow start because of the weather. Uh, right now, Greenleaf Friends and Horseshoe Bend are both 2-0 and in conference play. Vision Charter is 1-0. and That'll change as more teams get more games under their belts. I, I kind of like Glenn Sperry. You know, even though Glenn Sperry uh, just lost Division Charter in softball, I think they still kind of have a good program. And they're a District 4 team, but they play uh, with District 3 for softball. Um, but Gre- Greenleaf is also going to be very good. They were good last year. Um, they are just – they're running through a class of really good female athletes right now. Volleyball. Yeah cross country, uh, track, basketball, softball, you name it. So I, I do think Greenleaf friends is going to be pretty good this year in softball as well. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, you just can't count out Glenn's Ferry just because of what they've been able to do year in and year out. So you just can't discredit them, um, as a team that's going to make noise as the season goes along. For sure. And I, I will say one, one kind of sad note is that a, cu- a couple of teams that were used to seeing be really strong and excellent. Um, Rimrock didn't have enough players for a team this year. So Rimrock's not even competing in softball. Yeah. And last time I checked, Notice was trying to get enough players, but they weren't quite there yet. Um, and so Notice also is kind of in this gray. And those are two teams we're used to seeing be pretty excellent at softball as well. So again, we're talking about low participation numbers in activities. It is affecting schools, certainly. And so we were sad to see that Rimrock and possibly notice may not be able to compete in softball this year. Uh, let's let's move to baseball now. Let's talk about the uh, 5A Southern Idaho Conference in baseball, where again, you've got kind of a stack of teams here. You, you talk about Logan teams that have one or two losses. Middleton, Hawaii, Timberline, Bora, Meridian, Eagle. It's like yeah. half the league again, right? Yeah, again, it's a lot of the same teams. And 
I mean, Middleton, again, just like in softball, was undefeated until last night. Um, and, and Eagle came away with the win over Middleton. So congrats to Eagle for knocking them out. And uh, just a lot of good baseball has been played in the SIC so far, and it'll just continue. I mean, they've played really tough teams out of conference, played in these non-conference um, tournaments, things like that. And uh, it, they're only going to get better as the season goes. <clears throat> yeah, you look at uh, Middleton is off to an eight and one start. Um, they've got Robert Orlowski, who can, to me is kind of quietly one of the more underrated players in yeah. in, in uh, District uh, Three baseball circles. Um, he is such a talented athlete. Uh, and Brock, I think it's but, is it UTSA that he's committed to. Uh, one of the uh, one of the Middleton players is committed to um, UTSA, um, and I I think it's him. Uh, and that is the, that is the, uh, you, you're correct. It is Orlowski and that okay. is university of Texas, Texas, San Antonio. Yeah. The, the road run division one school, like, no, it's not a joke. Like, right. It is, that is high level baseball. You, if you play college baseball in Texas, you're not bad. Right. That that's, uh, they play a lot of baseball down there and, uh, and yeah, so congrats to him, you know, uh, quietly, like you said, one of the better players in not only the conference, but the state. Uh, just kind of hiding there in Middleton. <laughs> great, great pitcher, but he's also batting 520 early on this season. So he's he's doing it on both ends. That's Brock, it? Just 520? Come on. Just, right. Just I'm just uh, kidding. Brock Silvers from Middleton also has been uh, playing very well. Your your batting average leader in the conference is Gage Hawes from Hawaii. He was uh, a freshman catcher last year for the Storm. Um, picking up right where he left off, he's batting 536 on the air. He's already got two home runs as well. And and so you mentioned Silvers from Middleton. He actually was a, I I had seen him play freshman football. He was a quarterback, and he's he was good. And I talked to some of the kids on the football team, and they're like, "No, he's actually just going to focus on baseball now." And so I mean, clearly it's working out for him. But I thought he, from seeing him play younger, I thought he might be the next quarterback for the Vikings. But he wanted to focus on baseball and. uh like you said, I mean, seems to be uh, working out well in his favor right now for Middleton. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so the big storyline is, of course, Hawaii. You're defending five uh, A state champions, and I don't believe they lost anyone to graduation. And they had, you know, Gage Hawes, who I talked about last year. Um, they had uh, Drayton Black played really well for Hawaii down the stretch. Ryder Cutlip. Mm -hmm. Drew Schumacher. So, I mean, they've got why he is loaded for bear again, but let's remember that why he kind of came in as the dark horse at state and kind of went on a Cinderella run. They didn't, they weren't even in no. the top half of the league standings. They finished tied for fifth last year in the SIC standings. And I think you're going to see the same thing this year with Middleton, why Timberline always has a good program. Rocky always has a good program. Uh, Mountain view. Uh, there's so many good teams. I think they're all going to mm -hmm. kind of beat up on each other. Yeah, you could see the fourth place team win it all, right? Again, and that—that's just the way it is, and that's the way it, it like you said, that's the way it was last year, and and it's going to be the way it is this year. It can just be, we pitched this guy the day before, and he wasn't available during the regular season game, and we lost that game, right? You know, whatever it may be, there's you know, there's always factors in that regard when it comes to regular season that maybe you forget about when you look at the the overall body of work as the NCAA committee would like to, to say, and you know, it's, it's those things might get overlooked. Uh, but you know, I mean, it starts really this week, right? Middleton and Hawaii are going to play each other tonight. 
unless it rains, which it always does here um, right now. Th- those two teams will play and and uh, maybe get our first taste of of where. But again, I don't like you said. I don't even know if you can take that to mean anything. Like it's is it, it's probably going to be whoever's hottest at the end of May that wins it. Like who's playing the best? You know, I don't know if you can take a game from this week and and translate it to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, just look at some of the scores from last night. You had uh, Timberline beat Centennial 8-6 to six in a pretty tight ball game. Uh, you had Owyhee defeat CUNA 12-7 to seven, uh, again in, in a game that featured, I mean, the big inning for Owyhee last night was the fourth. They scored six runs in the fourth, and, and that propelled them to the 12-7 to seven win. Uh, you had Eagle nip Middleton by two, 9-7. to seven. Basically, what happened is uh, Middleton was, or excuse me, Eagle was leading seven to five. They scored twice in the in the last inning, the top of the seventh, to, to pad the lead, and then Middleton scored twice in the bottom of the seventh, and and almost came all the way back. But Eagle was able to to slam the door shut. And then the wildest game that took place last night was Mountain View and Rocky Mountain, the the big rivalry. Uh, this was a crazy finish to the game. So Rocky held. A after after five innings, Rocky held a seven to nothing lead. So it's only a seven inning game. Top mm-hmm. of the sixth, Mountain View scores three times to bring them to within seven to three. Rocky scores uh, twice in the bottom of the sixth to push the lead out to to ten to three. And then on the top of the seventh, Mountain View scores six times. <laughs> yeah. Score, and actually, it was nine to three. So, so uh, Mountain View in the top of the seventh scores six times to tie the game at nine. And then Rocky walks it off in the bottom of the seventh to win 10 to nine. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, a, that's a game fitting for a state tournament right there. Yeah. Um, it, it was just insane to see that finish where Mountain View came all the way back in the top of the seventh to tie it at nine, and then they gave yep. up the, oh. the game in the bottom of the seventh. But I think that's how it's going to be all year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think you're going to see that, you know, and even like, okay, if you look at the standings, right, you know, somebody's got to be at the bottom. And, and right now it's Centennial, right? Centennial is, is what, 0-7, but like, their last game, you know, they played last night against Timberline, only lost by two, only lost by one to Eagle, two to Lewiston, uh, you know, three to Meridian. Like they've been right there, right, in a couple of those games. And is it we're just trying to get some kinks worked out and they they flip it and then all of a sudden they're the hot team, right? They've been right there. All it takes again, that's the the beauty and the curse, right? Of a sport in Idaho where all that matters is your district tournament, right? At the end of the day, right? You can put it all together in the last week of the season. And all of a sudden you're playing for a state tournament, whether that's good or not, who knows? Um, But that's just, that's just the reality of it. And um, you know, you always hope that a team like that gets it together and, and gets it rolling. And the thing is they haven't played a conference game yet. So really they're, they're sitting zero and zero, just like everybody else at the end of the day. 
Yep. Uh, if we move to 4A SIC baseball, the big storyline there, the past couple of years, it's been Bishop Kelly and Columbia. Those have been the two teams that have been pushing each other. Bishop Kelly is your defending 4A state baseball champions. They nipped Columbia in a very tight semifinal last year and then and then uh, defeated Twin Falls for the championship. Um, the top five batters in the conference right now, Logan, at least in terms of batting average, all belong to Columbia. JT Penrod, Caden Campa, Isaac Antunes, Mario De Leon, and, and Gabe Schwenken. So Columbia's got the five best hitters to start. They're off to a 5-0 and start. Yeah. Bishop, Bishop Kelly brings back, you know, some talented players from last year's team. And yet, in their conference opener last night, it's Skyview who gets a 10-8 to win over Bishop Kelly. So Skyview is all alone in first place right now at 1-0 in league. They're 7-2 and overall. So Skyview says, hey, we're here to play as well. Yeah, and I mean, Skyview has beaten some good teams this year. You look at it, they beat Mountain View. They beat Timberline. They beat CUNA. They beat Blackfoot, Rigby, Hillcrest, Bishop Kelly. Like, you look at that schedule and say, whoa, hold on. Wait a second. That's a, Those are some wins, right? That's not just beaten up on a couple of teams that maybe shouldn't belong. Those are, those are good teams, right? Year in and year out, you see those teams uh, at least competing, right, in their respective leagues and uh, just uh, running right through everybody. They sprinkled in a loss to Eagle and a loss to Twin Falls in there. But, uh, you know, I think those are, re- quote, respectable losses. Yep. Uh, if we move to the 3A level, uh, SRV, Snake River Valley Conference, you kind of already talked about this earlier, Logan. Fruitland looks very good. Homedale got to state last year. They're also 6-1 uh, and one to start the year. Hope, so here's the story with Homedale, because we talked about Fruitland earlier. Homedale has the best pitcher in the conference, Dylan Fine. He might be the best pitcher in all of 3A baseball. The problem with Homedale last year, and it appears maybe it's creeping its head again this year, is the defense. Dylan Fine last year had like a microscopic ERA, like a 136 ERA, and yet he had like a 500 win-loss record, or or maybe it was even sub 500. I remember asking, you know, Homedale's coach. I said, you know, Coach uh, Burke Deal, what what's the deal with that? And he said, it's our mm-hmm. defense. We throw the ball away too much, and we give up a lot of unearned runs. And so for Homedale, can they tighten up their defense? Is going to be the key question for them. Yeah, and I mean. He- so far right on the year they you know they they, that's something they've done better with but i'm trying to think back right we did those games at state last year and i'm trying to remember i i feel like that was an issue last year at state like they they just had so many it was an issue for everybody at state baseball last year. I feel like uh, <laughs> a lot of errors were, were just uh, abounding everywhere. But yeah, they played Weezer in that first round game and lost twelve to eleven. And I'm j- I just I mean again I don't have the stats in front of me of the errors that occurred in that game, but I feel like that game specifically was was like that was just a, a little bit sloppy. And you know you hope that if you're Homedale you can kind of corral that in and, and, and get it, get it together for the, uh, for the, the run through the season and what is more than likely for them going to be a trip to state again this year. So last year, Homedale committed 75 errors as a team. The national average was 37 (sighs) this year. Homedale has already committed 23 errors and so they're already already to the national, almost to the average through Seven ish games. 
Yes. So again, it's, it's something that I know they work on and it's because that's the one missing piece Homedale, Homedale, and, and maybe they could still win a championship, but, but if they tighten up the defense, then they're going to be really tough to deal with. And so, yeah, uh, th- that's the storyline there. We'll continue to, to follow that as the season goes along Two a um, it's, it's been a light schedule. Um, the big story at two a is, is North star charter moving up to the two a ranks after com- running rough shot through one a the past couple yeah. of years. Um, their coach, Eric Hansen says, we're ready for the challenge. We're, we're excited to take it on. They bring back Daniel Cormilo, who threw, it had to have been three or four perfect games last year. Logan, we talked about him a lot last year, Cormilo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've still got, uh, Xander Crookham. They've got some of the elements. This is only their third year of existence as a baseball program. And so how, how do they compete with Melba and new Plymouth? And the other big storyline in two a baseball is of course, Nampa Christian, they lost 10 seniors from last year's team. They've been the baseball dynasty. Their longtime coach, Mark Harris, uh, retired. So it's kind of a new regime and, for the most part, new players this year. And, uh, you know, they've been doing pretty well so yeah. far. Right. <laughs> you know, they beat Grangeville. They beat Century, a 4A school. They beat Mountain Home, a 4A school. They beat South Fremont, a 3A school, which, I mean, you you mentioned it, right? They won the regular season last year, right? It, for their conference sugar won the districts, but uh, you know, no big deal. They'll just, uh, they'll just reload, which it seems like they tend to just always turn out good baseball teams at uh, Nampa Christian. I mean, they, they have the one loss to Burley, but uh, you know what you can for a team, but just another great season. It looks like for Nampa Christian. And I mean, we'd mentioned it last year too, that uh, a team that was coming up and looking a little bit better was Marsing. And they've started off the year, I think, pretty well to begin with. A couple of wins. They beat Grangeville and Baker, Oregon, Filer, and Nissa to start. A couple losses to Firth and Marsh Valley mixed in in there. Um, but maybe this is the year Marsh. And we've talked about it last year, too. Marshing a team, a school that we just haven't seen at state in pretty much anything over the last few years. And it would be nice to see the Huskies break through and, and get something done and make it to state again. Yes. Um, so we'll see. That's going to be a very difficult conference uh, to navigate all year long. And then finally, 1A uh, baseball, again, very small sample size here in the early going. Yeah. The big question is, can somebody from District 3 in the history of 1A baseball in Idaho, game. <laughs> nobody nobody from District 3 has ever won a championship. The White Pine League up north has dominated the championships. And last year, the White Pine swept District yeah. 3 in the opening round at State. All four teams from District 3 lost. Glens Ferry is always the most consistent team, just like on the softball side. They're technically District 4, but they play in District 3. Beyond that, I don't know, man. Garden Valley, Gem State, Rimrock are all 1-0 to start the year in conference play. To me, I'm I'm a little surprised Horseshoe Bend is 0-2. That's a team that I was pretty high on. They got to state two years ago. They've got a lot of players that played on that team that got good athletes. And so yeah, that's a team I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, I mean, they they've given up a lot of runs so far this year. And so you look at that and maybe saying is pitching an issue right now for them. I mean, they gave up 17 to Idaho City, 14 to North Star, 12 to Garden Valley. Um, in their losses so far. And so you look at that just on the face and say, you know, potential, or is it like you mentioned, is it, is it a fielding issue? I don't know. We'll see. You hope that that's something that they can kind of work out. But like you said, there's just, there's not much of a sample size to work on 
right now um, in 1A baseball. We'll just we'll just have to wait and see um, how it shakes out when uh, teams play get more games under the belt. Yeah. So anyways, it's going to be a wild season. We went super long on the podcast today, but that's because we took two weeks off. So we had a lot to get to and a lot to cram in. And, and so, uh, yeah, baseball, softball, track and field, tennis, golf, it's all off and running. And we will be here to break down, uh, the, what's happening in the spring sports scene, uh, every week from here on out, Logan, no more breaks, <laughs> <laughs> no more. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into the Treasure Valley Prepcast, everybody. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you back here next time on IdahoSports.com.